Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh everyone. I hope you guys are doing amazing like always. I'm so happy to have you here. So if you guys know me and you guys listen to my podcast often, you guys know that I love to talk about the topics that a lot of people don't like to talk about. Whether that is how to leave a haram relationship and what to do next, whether that is talking about different taboos that cultures bring, one of the big things that I've been wanting to talk about for years now, literally years, has been the discussion of special needs and Islam. Now, until this day, I knew for a fact that I wanted to talk about this. I just wanted someone to share a lot more Islamic insight on this discussion. And I couldn't find somebody for the job. But don't worry, y'all. I found him. I found the man for the job. So for this episode, I want to, and obviously our guest, will talk to you guys about special needs and Islam and how our behavior, unfortunately, is something that we see very, very similar to what the Quraysh used to do. This episode is always, and this topic just generally for me, is always really, really hard hitting because what a lot of people don't know and what I've never actually shared on my podcast as far as I'm aware is I actually have a younger brother that struggles with ADHD, autism, and OCD. And I feel like a lot of people hear these words, and I hate to say this, these trendy words, and it seems like very generic things to them. You know, OCD, oh, this person loves to be excessively clean. Um, You know, ADHD, they have a hard time sitting still and, you know, they have a hard time focusing, right? Like people make it seem like it's very simple and it's not. I have watched my brother grow old and I have watched the way that he gets treated. I've watched the comments. I've seen the way that the Muslim community behaves towards not just him, but even other people that might have all sorts of disabilities, even if that's physical, whatever it might be. I've seen the way that the Muslim community behaves with this. And it's a really sensitive topic for me because in most cases, I feel like you don't really understand what a big deal it is until you get down to learn and understand what a big deal it is. I think it's simple like that. Or unless you've worked with, you know, children that have special needs and so on. While raising my brother and seeing how much it impacted our family and seeing how hard it is to deal with, you know, children that have ADHD and autism and OCD and even generally other things, when you see how hard it is, obviously not just to raise somebody and to raise a child, but also to realize that you will have zero support from the community around you because, you know, people just assume that anybody who special needs has God's wrath upon them is a very unsettling discussion. And it's something that a lot of parents, I'm not a parent, I'm only 19. <laughs> it's something a lot of parents have a hard time really bearing in because they realize that, you know, after I'm gone, who's going to take care of him? Who's going to help us? Who's going to, you know, be there? And to be quite frank, as a Muslim community, this shouldn't even be a question in our eyes. We should know that, oh, our community is so loving and open and educated on how to deal with special needs children. But the reality is they're not. I will be the first to admit, and I hate to say this, non-Muslims are more educated on how to treat and take care and deal with, you know, people that might have special needs than our own Muslim community is. One of my jobs, I wear a lot of hats, but one of my jobs I've worked with children with special needs, not just my brother, like other children, taught them whatever the third it might be. And one thing that that job has taught me a lot is that a lot of children that are special needs, what we really make the mistake on is we want to paint them and we want to hide them and we want to disguise them to being normal. 
We want to say, you know what? Like they're just like everybody else. They don't have a problem. They're they're nothing. Like they don't have any issue. And like you know this awkward standard of normal. Like we want we want to disguise their needs. We want to disguise the fact that they might struggle with something mentally or physically. We want to hide it because that's what makes them look quote normal. And what I've learned in my years is what people with special needs need is not for you to come here and paint them and disguise them and hide them to make them appear as quote normal as possible what they need is someone to adapt and understand their needs someone to comprehend their needs and not shut down their needs but comprehending and understanding is something that the muslim community doesn't even look towards because we just look at the people that have special needs with disgusting looks by far we have a hard time sitting in the same room as them comprehending understanding educating is a whole other level and just in case you haven't had this experience before what i share with you right now is a list of things that me and my family have had to hear raising a special needs child things that my own listeners have shared what some disabled people have shared and what some caregivers have shared on how the muslim community talks to them questions them and things that they say to them Starting off with number 1. Your parents must have done something wrong that they got a special needs kid. Number 2. It's better to end a life of a special needs kid beforehand so they don't suffer in this world. Number 3. You should perform ruqya on a special needs kid. Number 4. If you have ADHD, you aren't doing enough dhikr. 5. He or she will grow up and become normal. Don't worry. Number 6. I don't want to be around a special needs child because I might catch whatever they have or get the wrath of God upon me. Something the Quraysh also used to say. Number 7. Didn't you try to make him normal? Number 8. This is such a shame. Who'll take care of him after his parents die? Number 9. You should just admit them into a rehab center and set yourself free. And if any of these sound very unreal and unimaginable to you, then I think it's time you wake up and realize that we're a ummah that likes to act self-righteous sometimes in some places and talk about accepting people while simultaneously shoving a group of Muslims to the back because it's more convenient for us to not acknowledge it than for us to do something about it. And this is exactly why I'm making this episode because so many of the things that we say to special needs and to people as such right now are the same things that Quraysh used to say 1400 years ago. which is also exactly why I have brought on today's guest speaker to do a takeover episode brother Bilal who is a motivational speaker in the metro Detroit area he's a motivational speaker he delivers sermons and lectures to empower his community and bring awareness to current issues he's also one of the very few brothers that I've seen give sermons and lectures on Islam and disability in the masjid setting he's served for more than 10 years As a former youth director, he's been involved in many projects and organizations like Mohsin Access Helping Hand, Celebrate Mercy, the Family Youth Institute, Noor Kids, and the Sabar app. And most importantly, he knows what he's talking about. <laughs> so ever since I came across his work, I knew the second I saw his work, I was like, we need him on episode pronto. We need him on episode ASAP. And he, alhamdulillah, such a kind brother, may Allah bless him. He delivered. He delivered. And he's he's here for y'all. So I hope you guys enjoy this takeover episode and enjoy everything that he shares and all of the knowledge that he sheds on this very, very important topic. 
Please follow him on social media. I will have everything of his linked as well in this podcast bio. I'll also be sharing his socials on my social media. So please do check him out. And without further ado, I hope you enjoy everything that you learned this episode and everything he shares with you. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah, bismillah rahman rahim Your brother Bilal here, alhamdulillah, I'm so excited to be featured on today's podcast. Inshallah, I'm going to be taking over. A little bit about me, my name is Bilal, I'm from Michigan, and alhamdulillah, for the past 12 years, I've been a public speaker. Alhamdulillah, I've worked at many organizations like Access, Nord Kids, the Family Youth Institute, Celebrate Mercy, Muhsin, Helping Hand, and the Sabr app. Alhamdulillah, today, inshallah, we're going to be talking about a very important topic and that is inclusion specifically talking about the special needs community now inshallah i want you all to travel back in time with me to a moment 1400 years ago during the life of the prophet muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam i want you to imagine that you are behind a wall and you hear the prophet muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam educating and you're so excited just by hearing his voice that you rush over there now, Abdullah bin Umi Maktoum, the blind companion, he heard the Prophet Muhammad voice. And because he was blind, he didn't know that the Prophet was speaking to an influencer. Right? When you think of an influencer today, you think of someone that has, you know, 100k followers, tap the link in the bio to save 10%. And, you know, someone that really just says, you know, buy this or do this or vote for this. And people just listen. The Prophet Muhammad is talking to that person of influence of the Quraysh. And I want you to imagine like, you know, you're about to close on a sale at work or you're about to, you know, finish a very important meeting and your son or daughter rushes in or you're about to, you know, you're talking in an interview and maybe your mom or dad or baby brother or sister walk in and it's just that, that initial where your eyebrows drop like... Like, oh no, oh man, like that Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu when he rushes over, his eyebrows drop like that, not out of annoyance, but he knew that the Quraysh were not fond of the special needs community. They believed that if you were to associate those with special needs, that the curse of God would be upon you. Now, because of this, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala corrects the behavior of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa and the verses of Habasa wa Tawalla are revealed. Now, what's powerful about this is that after this happened, the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu he made sure to address Abdullah bin Umi Maktoum in terms of honor, a small challenge of being blind and Allah defending and advocating for him. Not only was he the second Mu'athan behind Bilal, he was also left in charge of Medina when the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu would leave. And in addition to that, what's powerful is that Yathrib, which was at the time, you know, modern day Medina, the Prophet Muhammad sends Abdullah bin Umi Maktoum, this blind companion, to teach Yathrib which eventually will welcome Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam and the muhajireen into the city. Now, this topic, you know, it's it's of, of special needs. Talking about those that are disabled, whether it's autism, ADHD, you know, uh, even you know, diving into mental health, uh, you know, PTSD, depression, um, you know, all of these things. When you think of the community of the ummah, right? The Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam says that you know whoever uh you know that the ummah is like a body right when a part of that body hurts the whole body hurts and i've spoken with many individuals that have children or adults with special needs and they said you know on the day of the eid you know they take all four of their children but they leave the one that is deaf behind because there's no asl interpreter so you can only imagine leaving your child behind 
on the day of Eid, a moment that, you know, a day of the year which is very celebratory, very happy, but you're leaving your child behind because the masajids are not inclusive. Now, I've spoken with many people that are in wheelchairs that can't roll into the uh, uh, musalla because of the carpet's too thick, or people yell at them and say, you know, your, your, your wheelchair is too dirty. And I've had people say that, you know, they couldn't even make wudu in the um, in the in the wudu area because they were in wheelchairs. So, you know, I, I want you to imagine, you know, many times we push a part of the community into a corner, right? And maybe it's not intentional. Um, many times special needs individuals and their, and their families, they don't feel comfortable coming to the masjid because they get those unwanted stares, those unwanted glances, because we haven't really normalized it. Yeah, maybe at first, if, if something's new or something's a little bit weird, you know, at first it's that initial like, hmm, I'm interested, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of figuring this out. But we've made it to the point where it just generally is just awkward, right? In my community, there's a huge Arab population. You know, a brother comes in, takes shahada, everyone's hugging and kissing them. The next day they come in the masjid, they're different. They're kind of looked at as if like, why are you here? Why do you belong? And I remember speaking to a mom in Pennsylvania and she said her daughter doesn't come to Friday prayer because, you know, she gets those looks of, you know, like, you know, from, from her prosthetic leg, like, you know, it's, it's, it's a little bit weird, right? So, you know, I want you to imagine, you know, the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa right? You know, there was a man, a Bedouin man that urinated in the masjid. And the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa spoke to him so gentle, more gentle than the Bedouin man's own mother. Right? There's a moment where the children are climbing on his back and they, the people, you know, they, they kind of peek and they, they kind of see what's going on. And, you know, if, the, if these instances were to happen today, right, the masjids would be furious, right? Whose kid is this? Get this kid out of the masjid. Or, you know, for, for, forget someone using the bathroom in the masjid. Imagine, you know, some masjids are very segregated, and if a woman were to um, accidentally stumble across the men's side, it's like, you know, we have to make wudu a hundred times with zamzam water in our eyeballs. Uh, uh, you know, it gets to that extent. And, you know, I, I think that we have to be individuals that show mercy and also showing mercy through our body language as well, making people feel comfortable, making people feel loved, and normalizing that people are different than you, right? One powerful thing is that, you know, I mentioned 1400 years ago, the Quraysh thought that, you know, if, if you had a special needs, if you were blind, if you had a limp leg, if you, you know, uh, any special needs, that the curse of God would be upon you and, if, and, and that God's punishing you right? Today, you have the same ignorance. I've spoken with so many people, both that have had the experience in the special needs community and those that I have tried to bring inclusion to their to their community. And they've said, you know, we don't want these people in our massages. I've had people that have said that they've heard that, like, you know, your child will never learn Quran because they're disabled um, or that, you know, God's punished you with a child with developmental delay or with autism or whatever it is. You know, I, and, I, and I want you to really imagine this. The pen has been lifted on these individuals with special needs. So in essence, these are people that are, 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 are of Jannah. These are people of Jannah that a special needs caregiver is taking care of right? You'll never have access to those deeds of taking care of someone that is of Jannah, right? And today you'll hear people that say, you know, God has punished you 
or God has punished your parents. That's why you know you, you are the way that you are. What do we tell Musa alayhi salam? Musa alayhi salam had a speech impediment, right? That formulated because Pharaoh was testing him. And because he burnt his tongue on coal, that test actually saved his life. And not only that, when he, he when Allah tells him go to go to Pharaoh and say he's oppressed the people, Musa's concern is that they won't understand me. So what does he do? He elevates Harun. That 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 lisp elevated Harun where he says, I want Harun to accompany me. And Harun becomes a prophet. So in essence, you know, when, when you look at it from that perspective, Allah never punished Harun, never punished Musa. Rather, that speech impediment saved his life, it elevated himself, but it also elevated Harun. What do we tell um, Yaqub, uh, the, the father of Yusuf, who went blind? What do we tell Ayyub had an illness of his skin? And what do we tell when the Prophet Muhammad tells us that when Allah loves someone, he tests them? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala... He has presented people with special needs in our lives to see how are we going to react, how are we going to act, how are we going to go above and beyond. These are people of Jannah, but not only that, when we help remove barriers for people in this world, Allah removes barriers for us. So in essence, when we're helping them, we're just helping ourselves. As we're accommodating them in this world, Allah is accommodating us in the next Right? You know, imagine a, a, a child that has autism or ADHD and he's running around in the masjid. You know, you know, forget just someone with special needs. Imagine just a regular kid just running around in the masjid and they get that, you know, masjid, sit down and just furious anger. Why? Be gentle with people and Allah the most merciful will show you mercy. Right? We, we find this in a beautiful hadith that to show mercy to others and Allah will show you mercy. Allah the most merciful will show you mercy. You know, there's a beautiful verse in the Quran where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that Allah, verily nothing is hidden from him in the earth or in the heavens, and he shapes you in the womb as he likes. There's no God but he, the mighty and the wise. Through Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's might, he could have made every single person perfect. But through his wisdom, he chose not to. He wanted to see who's going to step up, who's going to help people, right? So when you think of um, uh, Ibrahim alayhi salam leaving Hajjaj in the middle of nowhere with brand new baby Ismail, at this point when Ibrahim walks away, he makes a dua saying, Oh Allah, allow a community to come around, to surround them, to have their hearts inclined towards my family. You know, Hajjaj is a single mother at this point. And many times in our community, we don't, you know, we're not too fond of people that have been married and have either been divorced or widowed or, you know, someone that has, quote unquote, been broken or, you know, damaged goods, as they say, right? And and that's unfortunate because the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, when Khadija passed away, he was a single father of four daughters. Khadija actually, she had married twice before. So, you know, what we find, subhanAllah, is that, you know, this concept that, you know, not my family, not my problem is really far-fetched. Like, you know, you look at, um, you, you look at Zechariah who took care of Maryam, right? You look at, you know, how the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu took care of, uh, you know, uh, people, whether it was Jafar ibn Abi Talib's uh, children or, you know, whoever it was, it's this concept that we are all together as a family and the community is what needs to surround people. You know, you talk to a special needs uh, father or mother, they're concerned how, you know, it, it's not even, the concern should be who's going to be taking care of my child, 
right? <laughs> you know, and usually it's 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 the siblings that have to take care of the, the you know the, the the child. You know, how are they going to financially be um, stable, right? Where are they going to be working once I pass away? But unfortunately, the conversation now is just why won't my community accept my family? Right? Why won't my community expect my uh, accept my special needs child or my special needs adult? Right, and it's really sad that if a special needs mother or father, if a caregiver of a special needs individual were to pass, you can only imagine how fearful and scared that they would be for their child, not knowing that their community can support them. Right? Um, there's a beautiful hadith that mentions. That, you know, the Prophet Muhammad وسلم, you know, kind of jumping into something else before we kind of conclude, you know, the Prophet Muhammad وسلم, he empowered the special needs community, right? When you think of, um, when you think of how Abdullah bin Umi Maktoum, first off, he was the second then behind Bilal, a non-Arab, um, someone that was a former slave, you know, and the second then was a blind companion, right? And... One day, the Prophet Muhammad he's invited to this blind companion's home. And he doesn't go and say, Abu Bakr, Umar, you know, why don't one of you guys go over? I'm too busy. He handles it himself. So he walks into his home and Abdullah bin Umi Maktoum says, I, I'm blind. I have no one that can take me to the masjid. Can I pray at home? The Prophet Muhammad doesn't make it awkward or uncomfortable and say, you know, say, you know, I can't believe my community and go out and say, you know, you have a Muslim brother in here who wants to go to the masjid and none of He's not putting the blame on anyone. Rather, he's, he answers the question. He says, you know, to answer your question, yes, you can pray here. But then he empowers Abdullah bin Umi Maktoum and says, you know, you may not be able to see where you're going, but do you hear that then, right? And he says, yes, I hear it. He says, then answer it. I mean, don't use your disability as an excuse. He tells Abdullah bin Umm Maktoum that you can empower yourself, right? And when you think of many people that have memorized the Quran are that are blind, that can't see the Quran, that can't hear the Quran if they're deaf. Um, you know, I know I, I, I've seen people that there's a beautiful series called Traveler with the Quran on YouTube and it shows individuals that have special needs that have memorized the Quran and being around people you know that this is a whole different ball game because they really soften the heart people that have special needs it softens the heart being around them and taking care of them and um, but, but going back to the concept of empowering them right these are people that are very able you may see them as disabled but they're very Able. They can contribute to the community. And if anything, you're normalizing something. Imagine, you know, I, I've met a, a person that has never met a black person before. And um, uh, well, th this person's telling me a story. She's like, I met this person that has never met this black per a black person before. And she's walking in, in Los Angeles, and she's in, like, the whitest area in the world. And this five-year-old associated her with chocolate ice cream and was like, you know, Mama, if I, if, 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 if ch look, chocolate ice cream, you know, is there vanilla in the middle or, or something like that? And and the, the sister that was telling me this, who's, 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 who's black, she's like, the mom was so embarrassed. And... She said, I've, she's never seen a black person before. And it shows you that, you know, have your children, have your community seen people with special needs? Have they seen people that are other, right? Have they seen a convert with tattoos all over their arms? And has it been normalized to where it's not different? It's not odd. You know, 
And then what are we doing, right? What are we doing to, to help? Are we employing them? Are we welcoming them to our circles? How are we accommodating them? Um, you know, before I conclude, I want to mention one thing um, and then one more thing, inshallah. So two things, you know, my, um, my cousin, um, my mom's cousin, he had cerebral palsy, brain tumor, around-the-clock nurses um, for a very long time. And one time he wanted to, to end his life. And I went over to his house and, you know, the sheikh that, that we brought is from overseas. So he, he thought maybe there's a jinn possessed in him. But nevertheless, that's something different. But um, I, I said, Saleh, what's wrong, man? Why do you want to do this to yourself? He said, I used to memorize a lot of Quran and now I don't. I used to do this and now I can't because of this, you know, he, he got, unfortunately, a brain tumor when he was 18 and things kind of went downhill from there. He said, I should be pushing my parents. They shouldn't be pushing me in a wheelchair. And I said, Saleh, you're pushing them right into Jannah. Because every accommodation that they make for you in this world, you're pushing them right into paradise. You're making their life so much easier in the next life. And he kept reciting, Kul Allahu Ahad, Allahu Samad, the only two verses that he memorized, uh, or that he still had memorized. So it shows you just kind of a little bit of insight on the special needs community, both from the caregiver perspective perspective and the struggles that they go through but also the individual themselves not feeling welcome not feeling included not feeling like they can do much so it's like how are you going to step up to the plate how are you going to go above and beyond to help include these people in your community um you know help the mother or the father that's obviously struggling you know instead of giving those dirty looks like control your kid or you know you're a bad mom or your kid's bad try to understand how can you help support right the last thing that I want to share with you is this. The Prophet Muhammad وسلم, he was sent as a mercy to all of mankind. If we're following the sunnah, that means that we are being a mercy to others. That includes the special needs community. And Allah says in the Quran that there's only one thing that can be disabled. It's not the eyes that are blind, it's the heart. So please ask yourself this question. Is your heart disabled? Do you have a disabled heart? A heart that does not see compassion, a heart that does not see mercy, a heart that does not see empathy, a heart that doesn't say, how can I push my own needs aside and help the needs of someone else? So with that being said, I hope you all benefited. Please make sure to share this with people so that they may benefit. And if anyone wants to reach out to me, check me out on Instagram at yourbrotherbilal. And jazakallahu khair. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reward you all. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.